Hello, Contrarians listeners. This is Kinsey from the Zero Dark Thirty episode, here to do Alex and Julio a solid. They were in such an anniversary high when they recorded this episode, they forgot to thank the festive years for their awesome opening and closing music. The tracks Last Stand and Summer of 1999 from the album Don't Let Me Use You. They also forgot to thank Hans Rothgeiser from the Peruvian podcast Nacion Combi for designing the amazing Contrarians logo. You can contact Hans on Twitter at Mildemonios. That's M-I-L-D-E-M-O-N-I-O-S. And you can also email him at mildemonios at hotmail.com. I wasn't told there'd be Spanish on this intro. Anyway, that's all for me. Happy 4th anniversary, guys. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Contrarians, where we're right and you're wrong. I'm Alex. I'm Julio, and thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Help promote the algorithm and spread the word. You can also find us on SoundCloud to subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit our main website, wearethecontrarians.com. Follow us on Twitter at Contrarian Prime. And to like us on Facebook, visit facebook.com slash contrarianprime. And if you have the willpower to keep up with our pretentious ramblings, you can follow us individually at Contrarian Alex for myself and at Ovnio for Julio. That's O V N I O. Now, time for the podcast. Okay, and we are recording for a very special fourth anniversary episode. My goodness, it's been a whole four years, and here we are, celebrating. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Contrarian's fourth year extravaganza. As we kick off into our fifth year, we've come a fuck ton of a long way since Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, this might have been the year that we watched the most movies. I think so, because uh, just looking over the list here of eligible candidates and entries omitted the fucking gargantuan <laughs> undertaking we had with the summer of travolta yeah i think before we start with the giving out the the actual awards we need to remind the listeners yeah. what what this entails what are we covering here the past year and the eligible entries you know these were all the award season films that are eligible for our awards before we go into the movies i'll say we're going to be giving out the Embrys and the Rouseys, just to explain if you're a first-time listener. Uh, the Embry, named after the incomparable Ethan Embry for his performance as Mark in the seminal classic Empire Records. Yeah, if you've watched Empire Records, then you you understand. Yeah. This is Ethan Embry giving it his all. Just telling the world, I have arrived. I am Ethan Embry. Hear me roar. I've decided I'm going to start a band. Really? Yeah. First thing you need is a name. Then you'll know what kind of band you've got. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. I was kind of thinking about, um, Mark. What do you think of that? Is that... Is that with a C or with a K? <laughs> well, um, my name is with... the K. <laughs> so, I was thinking maybe my band could be with the C. So, that way it's kind of like that psychedelic, you know, trip thing. <laughs> So the Embry would signify the fresh red tomato, whereas the nasty green splotch is 
uh, doled out in the form of the Rousey. Which used to be the Canny. It was the Canny. Right. Named after Scott Kahn and Ready to Rumble. Right. Scott Kahn, who looked like he was checking his phone for text uh, in between takes of that movie. Even Were there text messages in 2000? For that, there were. <laughs> yeah, it was his Blackberry. Uh, but ever since we covered the Entourage movie, the award has been uh, changed, obviously, for you know uh, uh, equality also. But um, the Rousey, named after Ronda Rousey for her portrayal of Ronda Rousey in the Entourage movie. Yeah, she, I mean, she might not have been checking her text messages, but she looked completely bored in I've, that movie. I've had a lot of my personal relationship and feelings on Ronda Rousey have come along uh, quite a bit since her foray into professional wrestling, I think. I respect what she's doing now. I think she's really putting the a good foot forth. But Jesus, Harold Christ, she is god awful in that movie. Is this a date? I don't cook for people trying to pitch me. <laughs> Whatever. I thought a nice normal guy wanted to hang out for once. I did. I do. No one under two hundred fifty pounds ever has the balls to talk to me. I should have known better. No, no, it's not like that. You should go. Just see yourself out, turtle. Rhonda, come on. You should go before I feel like hitting something. I'll call you an Uber. An Uber X, actually. As an actress in the Entourage movie, she's a great fighter. <laughs> Even that, it looks robotic. But um, those awards, the Embrys and the Rouseys, will be given out for uh, supporting actor, supporting actress, lead actress, lead actor, and of course, film, movie. Uh, picture. Well, also, <laughs> picture. Uh, we'll also be including the Ruffalo, which will be a new annual tradition for best sex scene. Yeah. And the GAD, which is given out, if felt necessary, to a film that you believe, uh, through this podcast you've learned, uh, has an unfair rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Like, the the one that would be the poster child. Take Me Home to Tonight? The exactly. Okay. <laughs> Take Me Home Tonight. Uh, From year one. But it's the GAD, because just like Josh GAD, it's a movie that you you may underestimate based on what the critics say, but then once you actually experience it, you go, no, this is great. Um so last year the gad was awarded to bewitched oh what a what a hell of a film yeah we both agreed it was it was just unanimous decision uh now the ruffalo because we haven't awarded it before mm -hmm. and this is based on mark ruffalo's stunning sex scenes in uh the kids are all right the ruffalo will actually be we consider our entire catalog yes. for the ruffalo this time yes so this will be all four years of the contrarians eligible for best coital scene <laughs> Well, it's not just best sex scene. It has to be a, a sex scene that just took us aback. Okay. That that shook us to our core. With big old sweaty Tim Robbins and the player. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> Gotta wait and and see. So those eligible for uh, the aforementioned awards will be loser, home for the holidays, big, cloud atlas, mixed nuts, two hundred cigarettes, Sing Street, righteous kill. American Hustle, Tank Girl, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Catch and Release, Man on the Moon, Chasing Amy, so to speak, Donnie Brasco, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 1992 theatrical release, The Mummy, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Uh, granted, we did not do a traditional Contrarians episode on it, but our first commentary track that we felt uh, it was deemed worthy of being we, included. We watched it. We experienced it. We did. And lastly, of course, the kids are all right. I think it's funny that you, you felt the need to give us the year of uh, Buffy, but you did not clarify. We're talking about the mummy, the Brandon Fraser mummy, not the Tom Cruise uh, mummy. you got to keep him guessing. 
<laughs> Nor the mummy from the fucking 30s. <laughs> no bars Karloff. Into, is it Karloff that's the mummy? I don't know. I've never watched it. Um, the, those old Universal monster movies, unfortunately, kind of all blend together for me. It's I do Be- love Frankenstein. Bela Lugosi. Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Um, I do know that. Okay. So. I just, don't you feel like it was ages ago that we did Cloud Atlas? When I was yes. going through the list, I was like, man, that was so long ago. The, the, the Summer of Travolta really did a number on us as far as time. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's do just like the Academy Awards do. Let's start with the supporting actor. Okay. So we'll start off with the Rousey for <clears throat> supporting actor. So layman's terms, worst supporting actor. Uh, I have two runners up and the actual award uh-huh. recipient for this. Uh, my two runners up are going to be Donald Sutherland for Buffy. <laughs> Listen to the episode. We break down exactly why he's so bad in that. He might be the least favorite thing we have in that in that movie. Uh, 50 Cent in Righteous Kill. Cause he's just, How fucking dare you? I, yeah. He gave it his all in that death I'm, scene. I've seen him in things since then that I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is fine. But that one... He was a bit ripe, or uh, he wasn't ripe yet, excuse me. And then the uh, Rousey for Worst Supporting Actor goes to Paul Rudd for 200 cigarettes. <laughs> those those uh, uh, sideburns didn't do it for you? I When I was going through this, I just like all I could think of were his lines of dialogue in that and how they were delivered, and God knows I love Paul Rudd. But, man, when I think back to that movie, when you think of uh, this may come back up. He's one of one of the worst things in that movie, <laughs> in a movie that has very few good things. Yes, uh, the fight for what's the worst in 200 cigarettes is. Well, I guess I guess Paul Rudd has the lead now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just great. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, look at <laughs> fantastic. It's Ellie. Yeah, that's Ellie. Mad woman. <laughs> she knew I'd be here, so she deliberately put these up. Well, you know what? It's not going to work, Ellie. It's not going to work because I'm doing just fine without you. Oh, yeah, Kevin, you're doing just great. Fuck it. Oh. Oh. Julio, in the category of supporting actor. Uh, supporting actor for the Rouseys. Um, so I also have a 200 cigarettes alum here as one of my runners-up. Uh, it's Elvis Costello. Aww. <laughs> Listen... Especially now that we've changed it to the Rousey, what is lazier than playing yourself in a movie and doing it badly? <laughs> Elvis Costello shows up for the minimum screen time that you can have, and he is barely memorable. Like I can't even was he hooking up with Janine Garofalo? Is that what happens at the end? Yeah, he has like one shot, I think. Yeah, and then we hear him sing. It's like, no, you need to do better. Again, in a movie riddled with bad things. <laughs> right. He stands out because it's Elvis Costello, so he should know better than this. Yeah. He was not a struggling actor trying to break in uh, like most of the people in there. Also, much along the same lines, David Letterman in Man on the Moon. Oh, boo. Playing Hiss. himself. Throwing cups at he you right He didn't even want to change the way he looked. He was like, I will not play along. I am David Letterman. I only have an hour before I have to go shoot my show. Reading about that made me love him even more. I love him as as an audience member and a Letterman fan. As a movie maker, it, I would be yeah. furious. And it also like derails the like <laughs> consistency the of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But there was much worse. And it's someone that you already mentioned. 
Oh, you get you gave the Rousey to Donald. Oh yeah, Donald <laughs> Sutherland, man, he is at least Costello and Letterman are not professional actors, so you could almost forgive them for not knowing what how offensive it is to slum it. Mm-hmm. But Sutherland has a career. He's he's a respected actor, and he already was like an actor, capital A actor, when he did Buffy. Yeah, you could say maybe he was the most experienced dude there, other than uh, bad guy. Rugger Hauer. Uh, Rugger Hauer, right? But <laughs> Luke Perry. <laughs> now, well, we're not we're not counting uh, TV hours. This is just film. Um, but yeah, he he just sucks. He doesn't just suck. He sucks the life out of the movie every time he's he's in there. So that scene where he's like talking to uh, Christy Swanson in the gymnasium at the high school like <laughs> takes all the wind out of the movie. It's just like you just go into this black hole and time slows down. When are they gonna get to the fireworks factory? Her name is Merrick, and you have been chosen, Buffy. Chosen to go to the graveyard. Why don't you just take the first runner up, okay? Everything depends on you, Buffy. Now, you must come with me now to the graveyard while there's still time. Time to do what? Time to stop the killing, to stop the vampires. It's so bad. So the Rousey, my Rousey goes to Donald Sutherland for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I respect it. So, sticking with the Rouseys, we're going to go to the worst supporting actress category. You know, I when I started this, I had Wendy Kaplan down for the role of <laughs> Tina in Halloween 5. Why am I not surprised? But then, you know, I got thinking about it, and the role of Tina, and you could tell when we were watching that how much glee me and Reed take in, like, quoting her lines and watching her. Tina has become one of the more infamous and most hated characters in slasher film history, but goddammit, she serves a purpose. <laughs> For that reason, I will be omitting Wendy Kaplan as <laughs> Tina from Halloween 5, Revenge of Michael Myers from the Rousey's first supporting actress. That being said, my two runners up, number one, Courtney Love in 200 Cigarettes. <laughs> so is it a matter of Paul Rudd bringing her down? Was it was she bringing Paul Rudd I down? I think Did I they may bring have each said this down? on the 200 Cigarettes episode that I want to see them in that situation in a better movie with better writing. Or just in real life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, second runner up. Back to the scene of the crime. It's Christina Ricci from 200 Cigarettes. <laughs> you can just give the Rouseys to 200 Cigarettes, just pick an uh, actor for each category. But like Paul Rudd, I said, I think how bad he is. When I think of that movie and the things that annoy me about it, it's Christina Ricci and her stupid New York accent that she has <laughs> and her stupid story arc with Casey Affleck. And yeah. But. It all pales in comparison to the recipient of the Rousey for Supporting Actress. And that goes to uh, an Oscar-nominated performance by Jennifer Lawrence in American (laughs) Hustle. I mean, the bit has been stretched thin to the point of almost being transparent. But when we rewatch that movie, nothing on this planet will ever justify the live and let die scene. I just, I can't do it. And also on top of that, we watched it. When she has moments, she's bad. When she doesn't have moments, she's not doing anything. So it's like this entirely overstated performance. And I like Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's a great actress and a really likable person. But no, she will take home the Rousey. Don't make such a big deal. Just get another one. I don't want another one. I want the one that Carmine gave me. Oh, Carmine. I want the one that Carmine gave me. Carmine, Carmine. Why don't you just marry Carmine? Get a little gold microwave and put it on a chain around your neck. You want to be more like Carmine? Why don't you build something like he does? Instead of all your empty deals, it's just like your fucking science oven. You know, I read that it takes all of the nutrition out of our food. 
It's empty, just like your deals. Empty, empty. That's bullshit. It's not bullshit. I read it in an article. Look, by Paul Berdour. Bring something into this house that's gonna take all the nutrition out of our food and then light our house on fire? Thank God for me. Um, I knew that you were gonna... I was thinking, there's no way that Alex does not give the Rousey to uh, Jennifer Lawrence and <laughs> American Hustle, so I didn't even put her on my on my options. Fair enough. But I do have somebody from 200 Cigarettes. Outstanding. Uh, I went with Martha Plimpton. Oh, wow. Because... We're hitting this from all angles. Dude, when I think of what's the most boring subplot, and not that any of them were particularly captivating, mm -hmm. but... I think that my heart sank a little deeper whenever we went back to Martha Plimpton at her party, uh, which oh. might be just on purpose because the whole point is, well, this party's not happening, right? It's yeah. just her and at some point her and like that dude. But it was just, just, just like you and Jennifer Lawrence. I like Martha Plimpton, yeah, but she's not doing anything in this movie. She's, I'm not even sure she's trying. I think they just put Martha Plimpton in a room and they told her, well, improv because nobody's here. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's bad. Second runner-up, and you're probably going to be like, who? Uh, Carmen Llewellyn from Chasing Amy. She is. Th this is what I had to do because I didn't have Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I had to dig deep. Um, Carmen Llewellyn is, she has a bit part, but it's always, she always sticks out to me when I watch the movie. She is the girl that uh, Joy Lauren Adams kisses at the gay bar. Ah. And then she's with them at the table. And she's like, I want to dance. Yeah. And, then, and then because she... She's so bad compared to everybody else, like performance-wise. It's like, yes, please go dance, <laughs> so that the actual actors can act. Uh, Get off the screen. Yeah, she. It might not be her fault. Maybe Kevin Smith is to blame. You don't put a newbie or or an actor that's not seasoned with the three stars of your movie. With the Titans. The Titans. You have Affleck, uh, Jason Lee, and Joey Laura Adams. So yeah, she for the brief amount of screen time she has there, it. She kills the movie for those 10, 15 seconds or whatever. Uh, but I, I have somebody that's a bigger offender, uh, and this is a bigger star. Maybe not as big as, as yours, but I thought Naomi Watts and Tank Girl just... Oh. I'm not going to say she slummed it, but she was the complete opposite of, of uh, Lori Petty. And... I'm not saying that Lori Petty was great, mm -hmm. but Lori Petty was giving it her all, whereas Naomi Watts just was just lost in that movie. She didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. In the movie and in real life, apparently. Apparently. This this tank, it, it, it isn't a... Isn't. 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 What? Come on, just one little adjective. We'll have a whole sentence here. The tank isn't glad. Sad. Mad. Lonely. It, it isn't op op operational. How do I know you're not lying? Because if, if I was lying, your lungs would be full of sight, I guess. Cool. So we get a new tank. Wait, wait. Look, um, nobody gets out of here without a clearance. We're all prisoners here. And if, if they catch you... Then don't tell me. They'll take away my TV privileges. I'll live with it. When you watch the movie, I'm not a fan of any single thing that happens in the movie, any actor, anything. But everything is batshit crazy in there. You have the kangaroos slash dogs. Ice-T. Yeah, you have Ice-T. You have uh, Malcolm McDowell playing a cartoonish villain. And then you have 
uh, Naomi Watts just kind of like being there and being she's what jet girl but she doesn't really have a jet no yeah she flies for five minutes at the very end and Malcolm McDowell's is the ink on my check dry <laughs> so so yeah I give the Rousey to Naomi Watts fine actress but not in that, girl yeah we'll stick with the supporting uh, category we'll move on to the Embrys for uh, supporting actress, uh, I want to save supporting actor for the last in the category because Julia and I both discussed that it was a crowded field this year. Uh, so for supporting actress, the Embry, uh, my runners up number one, uh, both sides of the coin, Courtney Love for Man on the Moon. I thought oh. she was really good on that. <laughs> I thought you were saying Courtney Love for Two Hundred Cigarettes because <laughs> half her scenes were pretty good. Uh, say what you will about Courtney Love, and you would be right when she's put in the proper scenario i think especially when it comes to acting uh and that movie which if you listen to our man on the moon episode there's plenty of flaws with it and i point them out she's not one of them and i think she's really good in it yeah and she doesn't get that much screen time either no yeah uh but she makes an impression yeah uh meryl streep in fantastic mr fox i know that we're kind of bending the lines here with acting and voice work but i think the not acting (laughs) well some people would tell you it's not (laughs) oh fuck them yeah there's still people that say the Oscars died the year they nominated Beauty and the Beast for Best Picture because it was an animated film. Uh, the novelty of Meryl Streep doing the voiceover in a movie I think is great, but also the, I mean, that, it's a Wes Anderson movie, so the whole thing's fucking dry and droll, but her approach to the voice of that character, it worked for as much as anything in a Wes Anderson movie can work for me. <laughs> so I felt it deserved And she's fucking Meryl Streep. We'd be kidding ourselves if she didn't win something. <laughs> Uh, but the Embry for Best Supporting Actress goes to that kooky, crazy Anne Heche in Donnie Brasco. <laughs> uh, again, much like Courtney Love and Man on the Moon, doesn't have the most amount of screen time, but when she, when the camera's on her, it, she steals the spotlight. She brings it. I agree, because she's one of my runners-up. She, I always go back to the scene where she is, where they finally have it out, when uh, after she slaps him. No, mm-hmm. he slaps her, and she just walks away. Yeah. Did you ever once ask yourself how I make it through my days? Hmm. I pretend I'm a widow with medals and scrapbooks and memories. I pretend you're dead. That's how my life makes sense to me. Just go away. Stay away. She's just she's literally support in the sense that Deb gets all the good lines and all the the flashy acting, but she's there and she's matching him stare by stare. Basically, yeah. it's she's awesome. Um, also, a runner up, Carla Gugino, because I mean, come on, man, how how can she you not acknowledge? Did not make the cut. Yeah, <laughs> she the movie's shit, and that movie is Righteous Kill. Yes, but Carla Gugino puts up with a lot in that movie, and while I may question her agent and her for even taking part in it. The truth is she committed. Yes. She had sex with the Nero. <laughs> I Graphic mean, detail. Yes. That's, uh, so come on. She needs a shout out. Yeah. So, so yeah I'll, I'll go with that. That's this. My winner though, the Embry, the best supporting actress, the one actress that just gave it her all in a movie that I didn't like and you didn't like, but there's a reason why you said she's memorable. 
and that is Wendy Kaplan in Halloween <laughs> 5. <laughs> oh, God. You cannot accuse her of not committing to the part. No. She is. I think that you watch Halloween 5, and it's impossible not to have her as the main thing you remember from that movie. Everything else might blend together in Halloween movies, but I think, at least out of the ones I've seen, just Tina from Halloween 5, it's just she stands out. Yes. They don't allow Max in here. You know what they can do if they can't take a joke? She just made me remember. Is she really better? She is Ethan Embry in in Empire Records. Unfortunately, it didn't work, but I cannot disagree with what you're saying. Because, right. yeah, if you go to a horror convention and you say Halloween 5, ugh, Tina. That's, like, immediately <laughs> what they're going to say. Fair fucks to you, man. Well played. Well played. <clears throat> so, now moving on to, uh, really, the Goliath category of this whole thing. Uh, had some difficulties, so I'm going to have a, a few more runners up, which it'll balance out because there's a few categories I'm a bit light in. But uh, the Embry for Best Supporting Actor... Uh, I think we just need to give a uh, perennial, a lifetime achievement award to Al Pacino <laughs> uh, for both his work in Donnie Brasco and Righteous Kill. Don't they cancel each other? They meet somewhere in the middle. It's like when fucking Thor's hammer hit Captain America's shield, <laughs> like when you run those next to each other. But, but I mean, mostly for Righteous Kill just because it's given us the immortal bit of don't. <laughs> Um, elsewhere in the best supporting actor category, we have Greg Kinnear for Loser. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause he's just really slimy and gross. Yeah. Note what you think of when you think of Greg Kinnear. Exactly. And he pulls it off convincingly in a movie filled with unconvincing things. He is convincing. I can buy Greg Kinnear as a creepy professor that <laughs> takes advantage of his students. Dave Chappelle in 200 cigarettes. Oh yeah. Just because... He was young, and he hadn't really gotten a big break yet. I mean... Um, the one good thing in 200 Cigarettes, I think. Yeah, every scene he has is great. And uh, Half-Baked had already come out. But, yeah, he was, like, one of the only people that seemed like he wanted to be there. And his scene's really positive And, like, the, yeah, it, his character was really cool. Um, Dylan McDermott in Home for the Holidays. <laughs> Beca- I think it's crazy that you go with Dylan McDermott in Home for the Holidays. Out of that entire cast... Again, much like Tina, when that movie was over, I could only think about how much of a badass Dylan McDermott was. Uh, and the Embry for Best Supporting Actor. We're going back to Man on the Moon here. Paul Giamatti and Man on the Moon. Um, George, this is uh, my writer and old friend Bob Zamuda. Hey, George. How are you? I'm Bob. He's very creative. Yes, and I am the brains behind this operation. Yeah, dream on. So. <laughs> he once faked... A lion escaping from the Chicago oh, Zoo. Oh, this was fantastic, George. We got like 40 actors and they're tearing through the zoo. And they're all scaring through place their, down. There's two days. There's a fucking lion! I'm a lion! <laughs> <laughs> Your name's not Gorski. Don't believe everything you hear, George. I, I consider him 
It was. I mean, that's a stack category. Yes. Uh, that's. There were so many. Uh, and I have like lines crossed out here and everything. That was the. That's what I could whittle it down to. I also originally had Tom Hanks for uh, Cloud Atlas. Right. But um, yeah. So Paul Giamatti. Uh, I mean, he's fucking Paul Giamatti. But still, we talked about on our episode Four Man on the Moon, especially the scene, his reaction scene to the news of Andy oh, having cancer. Right. Yeah. He it's... thinks it's a bit. He gets excited, and then he realizes that it's true. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Good stuff. I, I would I would say Danny DeVito is also someone that I consider. Mm-hmm. In, and I would bring up the exact same scene where Andy reveals that he has cancer and DeVito just gets angry. Yeah. He never it's buys it funny. for a second. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good stuff. Um, all right. Mine. I, I also had to whittle mine down because almost every movie had at least one awesome uh, male supporting performance. Yeah. And I think that's that has a lot to say about just what movies do to actresses and the roles that they offer them. Mm-hmm. But with that in mind, uh, man, and any of these could get the Embry. So it's it's even hard to like call them just runners up. But uh, Kevin Smith on Catch and Release. Excellent. I think that's just, he brings it. And you could say, well, he's just Kevin Smith most of the movie. No, there's that one scene where he's in the hospital and he actually cries. Yeah. And he's talking about his buddy and you can feel the grief. It's just great. And then there's that scene where he almost has sex with Juliette Lewis. Yeah. That's not Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, so that's good. Uh, Leif Schreiber, Mixed Nuts. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have him. That's because, you know, you're a bigger fan of the Leaf than I am. But, yeah, he's playing a, a transvestite. Yeah. Dances with uh, Steve Martin. I need to rewatch that movie just to get a better – because um, that's what we do with TJ, right? Right. Yeah. And it's our, our last Christmas special. Yeah. Seeing how much he enjoyed it and it being the first time I watched it, I need to watch it again to kind of let it wash over me. So you can grasp uh, what the movie was saying about Christmas and transvestites. Well, unfortunately, the main thing I took away from it was it was peak Adam Sandler (laughs) coming into frame. (laughs) I like Jem. But the Embry goes to. Dwight Ewell from Chasing Amy. That's Hooper X. Oh, yeah. I remember the episode. You did have a big old heart on for that dude. Dude, how can you not love him? He's he's great, and he has a small part. Every time he's on screen, it's the opposite of Donald Sutherland and Buffy. Every time he's on screen, you're like, yes. And the movie is ten times better because he's funny. He has a, a, a good character, a complex character. The Lando speech is fantastic. Lando speech is iconic. The black man's no longer going to play the minstrel in the medium of comics and sci-fi fantasy. We're keeping it real. And we're going to get respect by any means necessary. Ah, uh, come on. That's a bunch of horse shit. I know Calrissian was a black guy, you know. He got to fly the Millennium Falcon. What's the matter with you? Who said that? I did. Lando Calrissian is a positive role model in the realm of science fiction fantasy. Fuck Lando Calrissian, Uncle Tom, nigga. Always some white boy got to invoke the Holy Trilogy. Bust this. Those movies are about how the white man keeps the brother man down, even in a galaxy far, far away. But then also later on in the movie when he's just very casually uh, making fun of Affleck for for idealizing lesbians mm-hmm. and, and basically pointing out how it's a lot harder for just a black gay dude because, well, this is not sexy. What I am is not sexy, but what? What Alyssa in the movie is is sexy. Mm-hmm. It's it it's so cool. The the entire thing. He's he's great. It's kind of a shame that 
you know, you'd expect that that movie would just like shoot him to stardom, right? Because yeah. he was so good, but nope. So we'll at least we'll give him an Embry. We'll, we'll send it in the mail to him. Uh, moving along. What does an Embry look like? <laughs> it's just the head of Ethan Embry. <laughs> with the raggedy hair from Empire Records. Uh, moving along to the lead category. We'll start with the Rousey uh, for lead actress. I do not have a Rousey to give out for lead actress. Wow. I went through all our movies, and you know there were some, as you can see, I had four mentions for supporting. But as far as lead goes, I couldn't come up with anything. Because I have said repeatedly, Amy Adams is good in American Hustle. So I couldn't just put that there for the sake of that. Um so I have nothing. There's no Embry or Rousey, excuse me, to give out for lead actress. Julio, what about yourself? Um, I have, I have, you know, the three mentions, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them are just me kind of like stretching it just for the fun of it. But um, <laughs> I have, I have Meryl Streep for Fantastic oh, Mr. Fox my goodness. because in my mind, Meryl Streep is great. But if you're putting Meryl Streep in an animated movie, then she can't just be okay. <laughs> she needs to dominate that movie and when i walk away from fantastic mr fox i don't really think it's meryl streep's movie i think it's george clooney's movie mostly and smarmy jason schwartzman yeah but it's mostly you know you think oh fantastic mr fox the cool fox clooney and that that's kind of like where it ends she's fine but when you're meryl streep you can't just be fine fine for meryl streep is the equivalent of other actors slumming it (laughs) so so she gets a a call out here on the on the rousey also Holly Hunter for Home for the Holidays. Aww. Again, she's not terrible, but but it was just I, that said just gives me the impression it was a little too relaxed in there. She's especially when she's bantering with uh with Robert Downey Jr. and everything. It, it was a little too too improv. The entire thing was just a little too too casual for me to enjoy. Uh, uh real quick, kind of going back, one of the last eliminations I had on Best Supporting Actor for the Embry was Steve Gutenberg from Home for the Holidays. <laughs> I I had Junior Robert Downey Junior in my on my list because he he goes for it and oh, that yeah, was yeah. that was before he was Iron Man Robert oh, Downey yeah. Junior so it's, it's like even ten years or thirteen years before that yeah uh, but anyway I mean that's still that's not bad now I Alex I will say that Amy Adams does not do well in uh, American Hustle so she gets a Rousey for me because remember she has that accent that she keeps dropping she does. and she does scream while taking a pee yeah that is I mean. If if uh, Jennifer Lawrence had more screen time, I would give it to Jennifer Lawrence. But for the amount of screen time that Amy Adams has, she should have done better. So why did you do an English accent after that? I'm sorry I didn't tell you in the stall. I created Edith because I needed her to survive, okay? But I'm done with that now. I'm so done with it. All right, like, you do what you need to survive, right? Like, you do it. You, like, you, um... You know, you live with your mom, you have a fiancé you don't even acknowledge, right? That's what you do. And you curl your hair in little curlers, which is, no, it's okay, you look good with it, but, you know, you have straight hair, so that's what you do to survive. You do all sorts of things, you know, we all do. I'm glad you had the Lawrence thing built into yours so that we didn't both double-team on Amy Adams. (laughs) Uh, But But fear not, there's more coming for American Hustle. (laughs) Moving along to the Rousey for lead actor. Christian Bale in American Hustle. <laughs> really? He, I appreciate his dedication to his craft, but especially this last time we watched it, everything he did annoyed me. <laughs> I was just like, 
just thinking back to being in a movie theater watching that and everything he did everyone laughed at it's like oh it's so funny go go fuck yourself you could hear Chaz laughing all the way from Australia yeah slapping his knee <laughs> I'll tell you <ya. laughs> uh, runner up number two for lead actor Rousey is going to be Jason Biggs in Loser <laughs> Jason Biggs was not meant for this acting world <laughs> the people who made American Pie and Saving Silverman figured it out but Anything else outside of that? It's it's an enigma. How do you how do you crack this Jason Biggs formula that works so well in certain movies and not so well in other movies? He can't have any. Yeah, that, I guess that's the point. And just, then also, he can't like, carry a movie after Saving Silverman. It was a spent force. It was just like, <laughs> all right, we've seen it. But both of these belong in a different galaxy. A, <laughs> separate from the winner of the Rousey for lead actor, and that is. Sir Robert De Niro in Righteous Kill. <laughs> Who do you get this time? You got this uh, Jonathan Van Lighten. Uh, he owns a couple of car dealerships. Uh, Puts up on rape charges, but they got tossed out last week. Look at this. A man devoid of all respect for beauty, charm, and intel or intellect. He took what women would not give. He didn't have the right to live. It's a boy, all right. Looks like he had a beef with our old pal Johnny. You know him? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Talk about someone who didn't want to be there, <laughs> except for the sex scene. <laughs> and even then, maybe you could read it as, you know, the the shot for the sex scene is kind of far away. Hate boning us, the audience. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Bob. Here you go. It's been a while since you got an Oscar, but you get a Rousey. Um, mine, I agree with you about Jason Biggs. Nice. Yeah. I I think that he loser. I think we said in the episode it's like it's it's an experiment to see if Jason Biggs can carry a movie that has nothing to do with apple pies, mm -hmm. and the result is no. Yeah, he can't. Or where he's not playing the really tepid Jewish character. Right. Yeah. It, it's just. I mean, it's not all on, all on Jason Biggs. I think the movie doesn't do him any favors because his character is just bland mm -hmm. and wishy washy and just too nice. But but yeah, in the end, it's. It's not like he was trying anything new, right? No. It's And the hair. <laughs> that hat. Jesus, I forgot about the hat. Also runner-up, I consider Paul Rudd a lead actor in 200 Cigarettes. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that his his story with uh, Courtney Love is probably the, the main story. story. Yeah. yeah. So, And it's really, it's Paul Rudd doing Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Just, come on, man, elevate the material because <laughs> you're better than this. <laughs> and finally, the Rousey. I'm going to have to split it in two oh. because I have a tie. Oh, no. But it's a tie from the same movie. It's Pacino and De Niro for Righteous Kill. <laughs> I mean, God, once again, talk about slumming, especially Pacino. But really, yeah. when I thought about it, yeah, De Niro knows better. These two guys, they, they've been in masterpieces. Mm -hmm. And here, I mean, we just saw Pacino and Donnie Brasco, right? He still has it. He can still act. And this is just them playing to their screen personas. Without bringing anything new to the table. It's like they cast Robert De Niro to play Robert De Niro. And Al Pacino to play Al Pacino. Yeah. Right now, motherfucker, drop to the ground. Right now, motherfucker. Grease me up and, I mean, they actually pay you two morons. Put the fucking weapon on the ground. Gladly, gladly, right there. Right there. Hey, you want to read my poem? Yeah, read it. You tried to set me up, you fucks. And this is how you do it? You thought I'd get my dick cut off 
Instead, you only blew it. <laughs> Great stuff. That Thank you. <laughs> that is poetry. Two of the greatest actors of their generation, and it's one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> it's, it's it's something else. It, it swept the Rouseys. It, it surprised the, American In the acting Hustle. category, yeah. <laughs> you had uh, 50 Cent, De Niro, and Pacino. De Niro getting it twice over. Uh, Carla Gugino got the... Got she got it twice over too. <laughs> oh, God. She did. She balanced it out. Go females. Uh, speaking of which, we're now to the Embry for lead actress. Uh, my two runners up. Number one, uh, we have Julianne Moore in The Kids Are All Right. All my jesting aside about the movie and actual issues with it, my qualms with it. Um, and especially if you've listened to our podcast for the past four years, you know, I'm not too big of a fan of Julianne Moore, but I think she is the glue that holds that movie together, both from an acting standpoint and also, of course, a story standpoint. So wanted to call that out. Um, kind of went back and forth with these, but for my second runner-up, I'm going to give it to Elizabeth Perkins and Big. Nice. Just, have you seen Big? <laughs> uh, she is, I mean, it's been a while since I'd seen Big, and then we watched it, and I knew a lot of things were awesome in that movie, but I'd forgotten how good she was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... I, I consider her. And then for the Embry, going in the vein of what the Embry stands for, and not necessarily a great movie, but someone who went for it, giving it their all for the movie. I'm giving the Embry for best lead actress to Jennifer Garner in Catch and Release. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, if you listen to that episode, I I know I gushed at length about my affinity for Jennifer Garner, and especially if you listen to our Juno episode. You know how much I loved her in that movie. Uh, I think some of the stuff she does sometimes falls flat, and that movie kind of as a whole to me fell flat, but it certainly wasn't from a lack of her effort. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a Jennifer Garner vehicle, and she does justice to the vehicle part, at mm-hmm. least. It's the opposite of Jason Biggs, <laughs> right? It's like she proved that she can carry a movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure she had done it before. There's no way that that was her first but there's no Electra either. I think that was the follow-up to Electra. Really? If I'm not mistaken. It's or they nice, might have come out the same year. Nice bounce back, I yeah. think. Agreed. I steal library books. On purpose. I have them from every town I've ever lived in. I, I can't control it. Grady never knew that about me. Just... <laughs> hmm. Maureen? That has wheatgrass in it. Also, I can put my whole fist in my mouth. You don't want to see it. It's a little Tracy Lords, but I never told him that either. Six years. Also, <laughs> I love natural disasters. I, I want people to die in them. I am genuinely disappointed when the death toll is low. I, and also, I, I made it with a girl once. Ah. Uh, and you know what else? You know what... You know what Grady never knew about me is that I think catch and release fishermen are heartless weenies. I think putting a fish through agony for nothing more than your own entertainment is just plain cruel. I, I think if you're gonna torture a living thing, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it look into the eyes of its maker, face its own you know puny little place in the universe, then for God's sake, have the decency to eat it. <laughs> All right, lead actress for me. I have a <laughs> once again I'm gonna make you go, I need to rewatch that movie. Uh, Rita Wilson in Mixed Nuts. I think that that's the closest that I've seen 
Rita Wilson elite performance, mm-hmm. and I thought she was great. She went toe to toe with uh, Steve Martin, and and survived. She's funny, not over the top funny, but for the few things I know Rita Wilson for, this was to me kind of a revelation to see that oh, you know, why isn't she in more movies? <laughs> She's actually really good. Um, also, I mentioned her earlier, Laurie Petty and Tank Girl. Mm-hmm. Hate the movie. You cannot say that she did not give it her all. No. Out of everybody in the cast, including the people dressed as kangaroos, she is just a thousand percent. Yeah. Right? She she really went for it, and it may annoy the hell out of you, but at least she was earning her paycheck yeah. <laughs> every day. Yeah, she was the last one that got the cut for me. Yeah. So I'm glad she got it mentioned. There you go. But what happens when you give it your all and it works? Oh, no. That is Rachel Weisz and The Mummy. Okay. Okay. And you could say I'm biased. I'm could've in love se- with Rachel Should have seen it coming. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? She is great. She is. She is. She's really good. She's the best part of the movie. This time when I watched it, I just it's not just that she's such an attractive woman, but she's also just really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, her comedic timing here. And maybe I can appreciate it even more because I've seen her in so many dramas. So to see her just play kind of like a silly, not even like a damsel in distress role, but, you know, sidekick, female sidekick uh, role and not be completely overshadowed by Brendan Fraser. It's it's just so good. She's mm-hmm. great. Let me get this straight. They ripped out your guts and they stuffed them in jars. And then they take out your heart as well. Oh, and you know how they took out your brains? Evie, I don't think we need to know this. They take a sharp, red-hot poker, stick it up your nose, scramble things about a bit, and then rip it all out through your nostrils. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. It's called mummification. You'll be dead when they... Easily best part of the movie. So she gets an Embry. She does. An Ethan Embry head. I am going to update her Wikipedia page tomorrow. Please. That'd be great. Because you know they don't monitor them. See right. See how long it could be on how there. How long until, it can take yeah, until. Until someone caught it. They Google, what is an Embry? It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to skyrocket. It's going to start trending. It's just Oscars with our heads on it. <laughs> okay. So now wrapping up the acting uh, categories, we have the Embry for lead actor. Uh, starting with my two runners up. Uh, Mark Ruffalo and the kids are all right. And again, for a movie that I had so many issues with and vented those, I felt making good points in our kids are all right episode. <laughs> At no point in time do I even pretend or uh, act like Mark Ruffalo isn't fucking fantastic in that movie. This year we named that award after him in that movie. I that's mean, right. that is, that's a guy that did his homework. It's true. Uh, second runner up. And of course, a uh, lightning bolt for controversy these days, but doesn't change the fact that he was fucking incredible in Donnie Brasco, and that's Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely outstanding. When we watch that, and if you listen to the episode, we talk about it's a shame he became what he did because he was, like, one of the best to do it when he did it. Yeah, that is – you watch Donnie Brasco, and then you look at, what, the last five, ten movies he's done? I don't know. I'm yeah. just throwing numbers. But, you know, when I think Pretty of- much everything except – or since uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, it's and when Pirates came out, you would have given him the Embry there for for Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah. that year, right? Yeah, man, that Johnny Depp, what can't he do? Move from <laughs> move on from Jack Sparrow. Apparently, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. That's he was great. Man. Not on my list though. That's fair. Uh, to me, there was no competition though for who would take home the Embry for uh, best actor. It's become one of the more beloved uh, actors of all times. But especially when you put yourself in the time frame and the role, you want to talk about someone who gave it their all and it fucking worked. 
That would be Josh Baskins himself, Tom Hanks, and Big. Bravo. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> I, I have it on my runners-up. So. <laughs> All right. I mean, when we watched that, just it was one of the few episodes of the where while watching the movie you know we were like literally like doubled over laughing at shit that was happening and also just how well he knit it was the emotional notes and that it's easy to see why he got nominated for an oscar for it oh, yeah it, it, i mean there's just not much more you can say about it oh the space goes down down baby down down the roller coaster sweet sweet baby sweet sweet don't let me go shimmy shimmy coco bop shimmy shimmy rock shimmy shimmy coco bop shimmy shimmy rock i'm at a girlfriend a trisket she said a trisket a biscuit ice cream soda pop for now i'll talk ooh shalina walking down the street ten times a week i met it i said it i stole my mama's credit i'm cool i'm hot suck you in the stomach three more times but it's it takes talent, especially because he has the easy part in a way. You could say, well, it's a guy playing playing a kid, mm-hmm. right? And so that's like easy. He doesn't have to go the extra mile and be super good at it because yeah. just the concept is funny. But no, he nails it mm-hmm. like over and over. So it's it's just so good. Um, so yeah, I have him as one of my runners-up. Uh, other runner-up, Jim Carrey for Man on the Moon. Fair enough. I, I think that he... He gave you a Jim Carrey that was recognizably Jim Carrey, while also much darker <laughs> than than the usual Jim Carrey stuff. Like this, is a Jim Carrey, a darker Jim Carrey that works as opposed to let's say Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. But this is it's the right mix of him being silly with him being sad and and just introspective and and also an enigma, which yeah. it's great. I I like the movie more than you did, and but I think we both agreed on him being just great. Oh yeah. And now for my Embry. I give it to uh, your winner and one of my runners-up, Tom Hanks, for Cloud Atlas. Because oh. I think that he's enough in that movie that I would, I would call him a lead. Yeah, that was a bit difficult. I almost had Jim Sturgis for the uh, Rousey <laughs> for supporting actor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's fair because, uh, God, that's such a convoluted movie. He's, uh, But that is Hanks how many years after Big, and he's still bringing it, mm-hmm. right? He's just... Uh, not just the crazy uh, prosthetics, the teeth and the nose, but also just uh, in something quieter, like uh, his supporting part in the the seventy story with Halle Berry. He's just like what one scene, two scenes, mm-hmm. and he has that connection with her, and then he dies. <laughs> it's he's great. I, and I that think... one where he's the crazy Australian author that throws Curtis out the window. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what happens when I'm dead. I want people to buy me book now. Well, as your publisher, obviously nothing would make me happier. But sadly, for whatever reason, Knuckle Sandwich has yet to connect to its audience. You want a reason? I'll give you a reason. Right there. (laughs) Ah, you mean Mr. Finch? Felix fucking Finch. The content shattered over me book in this pantsy fucking magazine. It wasn't that bad. No! Mr. Huggins should apologize to the trees fell for the making of his bloated autobio-novel. 400 vainglorious pages expire in an ending that is flat and inane beyond belief. Uh, so, the GAD Award. You know, I went down the list here, and I don't... I didn't disagree with any of these rankings. I think the ones that were perceived as good, I found good. And uh, the ones that were perceived as bad, I perceived as bad. And, of oh. course, this one is for a positive award. Well, I mean, yes, because you don't want to call it the GAD and then take a movie like American Hustle, which is good. And Obviously, that would win the GAD if we were doing some sort of negative GAD. <laughs> the negative GAD, the bizarro the, GAD. The, the not GAD. <laughs> 
Ungad. Ungad. <laughs> so what was your gad? Mixed nuts, man. You need to rewatch it. We had a great time low. watching it. Yeah. It was it's like I think it, it was in the twenties. Yeah, it's take me home tonight low. Okay. Uh bewitch low. And I it's not Yeah, a, I do need to rewatch it. Yeah, it's not a great movie, but we had a great time. It's definitely not what I would call a rotten movie or you know, those ads that would go, This movie's rotten. Don't watch it. <laughs> the critics put the hit out. <laughs> uh yeah, no. To me, Mixed Nuts was the 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 discovery the pleasant discovery on this contrarian season this fourth year of ours uh the movie i can go yeah i run tomatoes was telling me don't watch this movie and we watched it and it was great hello this is lifesavers merry christmas how may i help you i have only two months to live i'm so sorry sir everyone at lifesavers is with you may I speak to a woman hello merry christmas if it's all right to say that what's your name Catherine. Like a wild animal. Now stop it right this minute. We can't have that sort of thing. Philip's job is solving other people's problems. May I put you on hold while I run to my desk? Uh, you're not calling from a bridge or holding a weapon? No. Good. But unfortunately, he's got problems of his own. I don't know how to say this. My psychiatrist thinks we should break up. I didn't know you were going to a psychiatrist. Well, I'm not actually going to one. I I've been dating one for four months. And now it's Christmas. Can we show a little Christmas spirit around here? Merry Christmas! Somebody's not in the holiday mood, I guess. <laughs> I will rewatch it this holiday season. Putting it on the docket now. There you go. Uh, moving along before we get to the big one. Uh, the Ruffalo Award. The for, new addition to the family. The new addition for... Uh, Is it a naked Mark Ruffalo? Like the statue is it's a naked Mark Ruffalo? It's the naked Mark Ruffalo holding an Oscar in front of his junk. <laughs> so, you can't tell where the Oscar ends and his junk begins. Of course, the Ruffalo given out for best sex scene. Uh, this one encompassing our entire run. Obviously, it'd be too cliche to give it to Mark Ruffalo. Right. No, no, no. He's... And uh, Julianne Moore for their spellbinding performance. So going through it, you know, I mentioned big sweaty Tim Robbins and uh, the player. Um but to me, when going back through it in any type of sexual activity scene from any movie, the most memorable to me, uh, Swordfish. The Oh, holy shit. I didn't even think about that. The fellatio-inspired hacking. Just because it's so stupid. It's so over the top. Hugh Jackman is incredible during it. And John Travolta is also incredible during it. Now... I have been told that the best crackers in the world can do this in 60 minutes. Unfortunately, I need someone who can do it in 60 seconds. You're kidding. Afraid not. Go! Get up. Get up! 55. Get on with it. What the hell is this? Time's a wasting, big guy. That is amazing. I didn't even think about it. The hack blowy. The hack blowy. Bravo. That is that is good thinking. I'm glad that you you gave it an award because I completely whizzed past it when I was going down the list of stuff. Did, did you give it to the phenomenon sh intimate shaving scene? It was tempting, but I didn't <laughs> think it qualified because it, it it that shook me in a different way, not yes. the same way that uh, the ruffalo <laughs> the ruffalo sex scene and ruffalo the, sex scene was done. Just ooh. No, I, I, I have actually a couple runners up and then my my big one. <laughs> I I'm surprised that you didn't even mention maybe because it's been mentioned so much, uh Righteous Kill. It is 
it is that kind of. It would have been too obvious. Yeah, yeah. It is. That's why I had it as a runner up. We've celebrated that sex scene between De Niro and Carlo Gugino so many times since doing that episode. Um, I knew, like in my mind, it's different than it actually is. In my mind, De Niro's. Like, <laughs> I know that doesn't really happen, but. and you can actually see Carla Gugino because I don't think you can see her in no. the in the shot. It's just De Niro and somebody double. Melon. <laughs> um, I think that maybe a, a requisite of the of the Ruffalo is that the scene has to be jiffable, right? <laughs> which which yours perfectly. I mean, there is a gif of, yes. of Hugh Jackman getting blown. Uh, what he like? In claps his hands and tries to wake himself up. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you know you can definitely get a gif. I mean, you can make a Jeff. I haven't seen one there of De Niro uh, having sex in Righteous Kill. Yes. Um, I don't know if you can get a Jeff, but you could probably make one of uh, my other runner-up, which is Alison Brie in Glow. Remember we watched a Glow pilot, and suddenly halfway uh, through the episode, yeah. out of nowhere, there's a sex scene that is pretty graphic. I mean, I was not expecting to see. It was shocking, right? Because you're not. Alison Brie is like your little sister from Community. Yeah. And then suddenly, it's it's her and the dude from Mad Men, and they're both naked in a graphic Alex sex scene. Alex from The Office. Yes. <laughs> and the guy who does the voice of Henry in the video game Firewatch. That guy. He it was just the same thing where it just throws you off. Like it, like Mac Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo having sex with Julianne Moore in such an explicit, mm-hmm. passionate, intense manner. That was the same thing. <laughs> I was not expecting that in a show about female wrestling. I don't know why. I don't know what I was expecting, but definitely not that. <laughs> and then I will give it to you kinda ruined my moment though. It's the player. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's Tim Robbins and uh, who was the girl? I don't know. I All I remember is Big Sweaty Tim Robbins. <laughs> yeah. Tim Robbins on top of a woman and he's just... he's and sweating. He's confessing to a murder and uh, and also just having just awkward sweaty sex in a close-up. Greta Scacchi? June? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Ward? <laughs> it was not Fred Ward, but that would have gotten also a, a nod. <laughs> Fred Ward and Tim Robbins for the player. For the player. <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> I murder her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So getting down to the meat and potatoes here. We're at the main course of this uh, Contrarian's fourth year award show. That brings us to, obviously, the Embry and the Rousey for movie, film, picture, moving picture, <laughs> moving picture. motion picture. <laughs> so, the Rousey. Uh, I got two for this, because for all the faults of, like, Tank Girl um, and even my foibles with, like, Cloud Atlas and things like that, it's not enough for me to declare it a Rousey-worthy film. Because Tank Girl was just a colossal swing and a miss, and obviously something that like the ball was dropped to the production staff. But at least with one performance, it was coming from a good place, so much so that it sucked it out of the Rousey pool. Yeah, no, no, no. I I think that, save for uh, Naomi Watts, who got my Rousey, mm-hmm. generally you can't say that, that that production was lazy. And I always fall back on lazy when I think of the Rouseys, mm-hmm. just like I did before with the Connies. You know, who's... Just that sense of wow, they don't really care. No, they're just they're just here for the paycheck. And then I was torn on w- which one would actually get the Rousey here. So the runner-up is going to two hundred cigarettes. <laughs> As you couldn't did, tell, did, did I know who your <laughs> your winner is? If you if we couldn't tell already, we don't like two hundred cigarettes. 
But was that a movie? One of those movies where you suggested we do it, and mm-hmm. then it was so much worse when we watched it. Exactly. Okay. I was like, "Hey, let's do 200 cigarettes for our New Year's episode." We're watching like, "Fuck." Uh, but my aforementioned uh, Emery that went to Dave Chappelle or the the nomination rather for Dave Chappelle for that came because his performance and his input in that comes from a good place of non laziness of effort. And not lowest common denominator. So because of that, I couldn't give it the Rousey proper. The Rousey proper goes to American Hustle. Of course. Of course it does. <laughs> uh, mine doesn't go to American Hustle, but I knew you would. <laughs> I just, I honestly, out of all these movies on the list, I was, I don't remember watching one that frustrated me as much as American Hustle. I really don't care for that movie. All the green splotches I'm throwing its way right now. <laughs> Trying to bring that 93% down a little bit. I put out the fire. The fire is out. First time in my life I do the right thing. Oh, shut up. No, no, no. Shut up. Save a young single mother and a kid. I marry you. I adopt them. You fell in love. Don't you dare forget that part. We fell madly in love. Yes, I fell in love. My God, I fell in love. But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. And you need somebody who's going to be quiet, who's going to be shut up. You're young, you're beautiful. You got to find somebody else. You got to go out and get some friends, all right? I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. You can't just stay in the house with a fucking sun lamp. All right? And I can't, I mean, look, I, I can't trust you with Danny when you the fire and everything. I can't I trust to leave you I put the fire out, Irving. There is no fire. Maybe if you were here more, then there wouldn't have been a fire in the first place. Oh, what? There wouldn't have been a fire if I was here. It's just, just uh, our friend, Russell, not even bothering with the screenplay. No. Just put on that just, makeup. Let's and just, just go. Yeah, let's wear some crazy wigs and clothes. and Just, just have fun. What do you think your character would say right now? <laughs> You know, if you want to talk with an accent for like a quarter of the movie, do it. <laughs> Would it be cool if you just scream while you're peeing? <laughs> I mean, just do it this one take. We'll see what you say. Brad, Brad, Brad. All right, we're going to do a Jerry Curl. All right, it's going to be great. Louis, Louis, pull your pants up. <laughs> oh, well, not happy about that one. <laughs> um, all right. So for me, unsurprisingly, 200 cigarettes is also my runner-up. My God. <laughs> The big loser uh, tonight. Who would have thought? I think it's an upset in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> the most attention to 100 cigarettes has gotten in a decade. If <laughs> Easily. Um, also runner-up, Halloween 5. Because for all it's the really nice bad. things I said about Tina, that's still, that movie's shit. Yeah. I, I understand why it's fun to watch, but it's just, I mean, talk about not caring or caring about the wrong things. I think that the makers of Halloween 5 care a lot more about Halloween 6 than they did about Halloween 5. I honestly, when I was watching that, I realized I don't remember the last time I watched that just by myself, like, voluntarily. Like, I would love 4, but, like, I, I, usually every year when I watch those, I skip around to, like, the ones that are good, and I don't right. remember the last time I watched 5. And it was fun watching with y'all, but, yeah, to your point, if I was by myself and that came on and I'd never seen it before, I would turn it off probably 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a slog. I mean... It was great because it was the three of us watching and just talking through it, so mm-hmm. it was it was fun. But yeah, no. But even worse, when you just squander awesome resources, righteous kill. Come on. Man. I've been a cop in the NYPD for over thirty years. 
Why'd you become a cop? Where I come from, it was either a gun and a badge or a hard hat and a hammer. Between the eyes. <laughs> you like carrying a gun? There's nothing wrong with a little shooting as long as the right people get shot. What about the badge? The badge is nice. As long as it comes with a gun. <laughs> that is... Taking it home. <laughs> yeah. I think it's... The, the awards have been evenly distributed, and we haven't even, like, we didn't plan it. Yeah. But, yeah, De Niro and Pacino, obviously, they anchor that movie. I think in, just in my mind, because there's so much unintentional comedy given from it that... Yeah, but that is really, they're not even trying. No. I mean, the framing device, which falls apart as soon as you think about it yeah. for, like, a second, uh, it's it's just bad. It's just bad. And I really, I almost wanted to consider Leguizamo and... Uh, it's Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie right? Wahlberg, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't even remember what they did in the movie because they're just so wasted. Yeah. You know, I know they show up and it was funny to say, hey, there they are, but they don't amount to anything. Yeah. It's it, There's. Oh, God. Yeah, that movie's so bad. There's like a handful of things that we come back to uh, when we make fun of Righteous Kill, which might delude you into thinking that it's kind of a fun experience to watch but really no i mean we make fun of of the sex scene we make fun of uh 50 cents death and then we make fun of just how dumb the whole thing is but really watching it there wasn't much more to it no and again you have titans like the Nero and pacino here so literally two of the greatest to ever do it <laughs> yep and yeah no i'm sorry they get the rousey so so they can split this one too with the director what's his name from uh 88 minutes john avnett I think that was it. God bless. So moving on to the final award of the evening, the Embry for Best Picture, Film, Movie, what have you. Uh, in the spirit of the Embry, I do feel the need. I don't know if I would call it, classify this as a runner-up, but more of just an honorable mention. Uh, catch and release, for the things we said about earlier, it, the sum of its parts, there are parts of it that don't work and are not good. I still am not crazy about Timothy Oliphant in it, but um, Jennifer Garner... Um, Juliette Lewis for her little sidetrack is a lot of fun. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is great as well. Um, and the whole premise of the movie I feel is really solid. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's one of my runners up too. So fair enough. I, I agree. The um, it was trying. Yeah. I think that that movie tried hard and it had something to say. So yeah. and it came from a place of positivity. So, but. To be honest and perfectly fair, when we get to the runner-up in the best movie that we did, it wasn't really even that close because you want to talk about Titans, Donnie Brasco, fucking fantastic. And we talked about the acting of Pacino, uh, Anne Heche, and Johnny Depp earlier. Didn't even mention, like, fucking Michael Madsen and um, Paul Giamatti. And, <laughs> you know. yeah, that, that brief, but very distinctive Giamatti cameo. John, what's... Forget about it. <laughs> Uh, Bruno Kirby. In <laughs> number one, big. Uh, for all the things I had already said about it, it's a movie that just somehow gets better with age. And you want to talk about a movie that's the sum of its parts. Great story, but then you plug it in with all this great acting, great writing. It's pretty much a flawless movie, in my opinion. So I think overall, if I had to pick right now the best movie we've done or my favorite movie we've done, probably be Pulp Fiction, but big would be pretty high up there. Yes. I, I still don't get it. What? What don't you get, Judge? Well, there's a million robots that turn into something. And this is a building that turned into a robot. What's fun about playing with a building? That's not any fun. This is a skyscraper. Well, couldn't it be like a, a, a robot 
that turns into into something like a like a bug or something. A bug. Yeah, like a big prehistoric insect with maybe like giant claws that could pick up a car and, and crush it like that. <laughs> a prehistoric transformer. Interesting. Gentlemen, it, so the robot turns into a bug. Ah, uh, gentlemen, oh, listen, listen, if you listen to just... You've got a very good idea here. The robot turns into a bug. Uh, this yeah, is a yeah, great yeah. idea. Someone's a water bug? Yeah. Different sizes and things. And, and we could do ladybugs. You could have them wreck building. Transformers for girls. A building a is an earth yeah. bug. Move. Yeah. I need to, I don't remember where I put it in the ranking that I have on Letterboxd, but it's, it's up there. Mm. Definitely a five star. Uh, <clears throat> I, so obviously I have catch and release as well. And I had to mention Cloud Atlas, which is my personal favorite out of the ones that we've done this past year. It um, took three and a half years for Julio to finally <laughs> convince me to sit down, spend an entire Saturday watching it. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the Pulp Fiction Cloud Atlas uh, way of doing things. Where we have to block out a Saturday. Um, and then, uh, but you know, Cloud Atlas, I couldn't really give it to it because you were talking about even if the Wachowskis had not a couple of not great movies before it, they were still the guys that did the original Matrix yeah. and Bound. And they had like a third director there and they had a bunch of big movie stars. It it, it kind of feels wrong to give they were not like the scrappy underdog trying to mm-hmm. impress. They were not Ethan Embry and in yeah. uh Empire Records. They were uh La Paglia and Empire Records. They were the big star. <laughs> they were swinging the hammer. <laughs> yes. They weren't the nail. Um, so instead, I'm going to give it to, to like the scrappy movie that I think was mostly a hit, even though it might not be the best movie we did. But I think Chasing Amy, uh, it just low budget, had a cast that was not made up of stars. At that time. At that time. But it was like really solid actors. Um, again, it had something to say. And it was just, I think it was Kevin Smith going back to what what made him uh, a breakout uh, in Clerks. Chase and Amy. What? What did you say? You're chasing Amy. What do you look so shocked for, man? Fat bastard does this all the time. He thinks just because he don't say anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking Jesus Christ, mouth. why don't you shut up? I was yap, yap, yapping all the time. Give me a fucking headache. I went through something like what you're talking about a couple of years ago with this chick named Amy. When? A couple of years ago. Did she live in Canada or something? Why don't I remember this? Bitch, what you don't know about me, I can just about squeeze in the Grand fucking Canyon. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer in Vegas? Huh? But you didn't even know that shit, did you? Just tell your fucking story so we can get out of here and smoke this. You know, when you watch when you watch a motor, you think like you, it feels like more rights is him just falling back. I'm like, oh well, now I'm gonna just do fart yeah. and uh, fart jokes and just something a little more traditional. But then chasing him, he's back to oh well. Now I'm like low budget. I'm gonna try to like do something cool and something a little more unusual. So uh, it shows its age. It, it has stuff that maybe hasn't aged as well as, as as it could have, but it's still you can't deny that it's an actual filmmaker trying to do something and really putting it as all not just him but his cast and just everybody involved. So except for that actress I called out earlier, <laughs> the one thing. But you know, going back to uh, our boy Hooper X, mm-hmm. which I think is great, uh, and we've mimicked it and mocked it to no certain extent since we watched it. But the whole chasing Amy, so to speak, scene is. <laughs> It stuck with you. Chef's kiss. Yeah. 
It's such a that was like an early movie, uh, and it's just a perfect balance to our last movie of the year, which was The Kids Are Alright. It, you know, both dealing with the uh, a, the a, a straight man falling for a lesbian woman and uh, wrecking havoc <laughs> in both of their universes, ruining everything as men tend to do. All right, the Embrys and the Rouseys for year four have been doled out. Julio, it's been an enjoyable four years, and I look forward to four more. At least. At least. At least four more. We'll keep adding categories. So in four years, it'll be like a three-hour extravaganza. Where we can't have like a video, like a live stream of it. We'll, we'll uh, notify the, the winners in advance so that we can have them give their acceptance speeches. We'll have Ethan Embry on site. <laughs> pay him like five grand. It'll, it'll be all right with it. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that Ronda Rousey will... Uh, no, she's a bit out of our budget, nor would she see the humor in it. <laughs> no, but but maybe, you know, just like we did with Scott Cann had his, like, what, three-year run? Yeah. Or two-year run? So every couple of years, maybe we recycle the negative one. And, yeah, that's that sounds like a good plan. Like, uh, Ronda, we, we want you to give this award out. It's named after you. No, no, no. It, it, it's, it, you were really bad in that movie. <laughs> Ron, come on. All right. Uh, but as always, uh, as we do on every episode, we thank y'all for listening, and especially if you've been here for all four years, three, two, or just one, or if this is your first time listening to us, try to get like a benchmark for what we do. We appreciate y'all listening to us. So that is year four to four more and beyond. Uh, we want to thank y'all for listening to The Contrarians, where we will continue to be right, you will continue to be wrong, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> That summer of 1999